Hey, what's up? It's Alex Morgan. And for me, the start of the new year is all about committing to you from day one. Body Armor's got you and here to help you commit to your fitness goals. Buy any Body Armor products at your local store and Body Armor will give you 50% cash back to put towards your fitness journey. Now through March 31st, commit to fit with Body Armor Sports Drink. Visit www.bacommittofit.com for full rules. And shop now at retailers nationwide. Falaya to Big Cypress, Cape Hatteras, Norris Dam, and Merritt Island. A travel writer, Kathleen Walls, is back on Big Blend Radio today to talk about five record-breaking parks built around waterways, and they're all in the south. I mean, we're talking North Carolina, Florida, Louisiana. Of course. Awesome. Uh, now, we know Kathleen. Uh, she's been on our show a few times on our second Friday uh, show with the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association, talking about Georgia. She's talked about Florida. But today she's talking about parks. Uh, she's she, a southern belle. She is a southern belle. <laughs> she's originally from New Orleans, and you'll hear it in her accent, and we love it. Uh, she's a publisher, travel writer. She publishes American Roads and Global Highways. You can go to AmericanRoads.net. And she also has travel books, uh, Georgia's Ghostly Getaways, Finding Ooh. Florida's Phantoms, Hosts with Ghosts, Wild About Florida. So she likes ghosts. She likes ghosts, and she likes nature and gators and kayaking, so we like her. <laughs> She's cool. If you meet a gator while you're kayaking in the wrong place, you could become a ghost. I know, but we want to come hang out with you. Uh, Katie, welcome back to the show. How are you? Great. Hi, Nancy and Lisa. It's great to be back with you. Hey, so next time we need to be doing this in a kayak, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. Absolutely, with alligators and manatees yeah. and some beautiful blue scrub jays swimming. swimming oh, flying. yeah, I love that photo of you with the scrub jay on your arm. I mean, did it just fly down? Because they're pretty personable, right, the, the it jays? It did. You, wow. you just stand there. I mean, they're just very friendly birds. They really should be Florida's national bird, but they're not. But they're beautiful. Mm. Mm. I love Florida. You know, Nancy and I lived there when we first got back to this country from South Africa, and we lived in the Panhandle. We lived in uh, West Palm Beach, or Nancy lived in West Palm Beach. I lived in Melbourne, which was right by Merritt Island, which I used to, Mm. I found out, I didn't even understand the park system in this country at that time. And I was a new driver, which was dangerous. But I used (laughs) to hang out there. And now we're going to talk about that, Melbourne um, and uh, and, uh, Port St. Lucie, all Mm -hmm. of those areas. We, I mean, we've kind of trotted around that state and I find that Florida is probably one of the most uniquely diverse states kind of like Arizona where we don't expect you think of Arizona it's a desert with saguaro gumby cactus you don't realize that we not you personally but it's not always thought about the forests that we have the ponderosa pine forests and the snow and the skiing opportunities and things like that and that's kind of the same with Florida that I don't know about snow and skiing. I know there was snow in Pensacola when I lived there one time, but um, <laughs> there's forests too. It's different. But it is diverse. You're right about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a beautiful state that you live in. But let's let's start 
with, you have this list of five parks you wanted to talk about, you know, connected to waterways, and we're going to be putting your photos and everything in our spring issue of Parks and Travel magazine. Everyone, uh, you can get that at nationalparktraveling.com. And Cape Hatteras National Seashore in North Carolina, I think this is exciting because um, a lot of times we don't even realize that seashores are part of the National Park Service. Right, and it is, and it's such a beautiful place, and there is, it's so close to so much else you can see. But just for the park part itself, it's, uh, it's on the ocean, and, of course, that part is called the Graveyard of the Atlantic for a reason. Oh. So that one of the things that's in there is that there are quite a few lighthouses. There's Brody Island Lighthouse, Okrako Lighthouse, Cape Hatteras Lighthouse, Cape Hatteras is fantastic because it is the world's tallest brick building, brick lighthouse, and it has been moved. It had to be moved because the sea was encroaching. But oh. to get to the top is 268 steps. I made it halfway and then wow. walked back down. Wow. But it, wow. It's absolutely gorgeous. And there is so much to see both in the way of wildlife. For instance, a the sea turtle nests there. The female sea turtle will come in, and these are huge, huge animals. They're not those little bitty things you see in aquariums. And they'll come up and they'll make a hole and lay their eggs, and they'll lay about a hundred eggs. And that's why you have to be very careful on the beaches. Um, and then when that little eggs hatch, the little turtles will swim back out to the ocean again. Cool. Wow. And wow. Uh, I want to see that. You know, I know Florida had that too, and I, mm-hmm. you know, that's the one thing I went on uh, Cape Hatteras National Seashore, the website, and I'm like, oh, first thing I see turtles. I'm like, oh, they're mm. so cute. But you really do have to watch because of the eggs. I mean, now when we mm-hmm. lived in Kenya, yes. if you went on the riverbank and you walked on eggs, it was going to be crocodiles, and then you, you, you're, you're going down. <laughs> you're going down the river with, the, you with don't the crocodiles. Want to hurt any of these tiny little turtles. Yeah. Oh man. And then and, and then. Isn't it also, you know, kind of connected to, like, other wildlife refuges? I was looking at Pea Island. I want to go to Pea Island. Pea right. is in the Well, pea. it's one huge place along the beach, but it's several islands, many islands in there. And there are things, not only wildlife, for instance, the, I can never pronounce it, Chikamangamoa Mia. Oh, boy. Chikamangamoa Life-saving oh. station. They make you pronounce it when you first go there. And it's one of the oldest life-saving stations in the country, and it's very complete. It was built in 1874, and uh, the original station, and this one was constructed in uh, 1911. And they do have some of the original equipment, and they saved millions of lives. They went out in storms, and there was um, episodes during World War II where they brought in a wrecked boat, which had been sunk out there and. They rescued hmm. sinking. They rescued the the sailors from it. I mean, it's just wow. It's so much. It's hmm. nature at its best, but it's also so much more. That's what I always think is so hmm. interesting about the seashores. Like when we went to Point Reyes National Seashore um, up in Northern California in Marin County, and also um, Cabrillo National Monument in San Diego, which isn't a national seashore. But whenever you're on the coast, there's always this other history that creeps in. You know, it could be people living there. It could be the native population. Um, but there's always World War Two and World War One sneak in there. World War Two, especially I know uh, North Carolina, um, we, you know, we covered that uh, in regards to the Millionaires Unit, which was Yale University. These pilots graduated where they were in Yale, and they were the ones who actually started the Air Force going out there and fighting. 
And I know that North Carolina was the place where they started learning how to fly planes to be able to be fighter right. pilots. Well, you're right. You're, you're not. Kitty Hawk is not in there, but you're right by Kitty Hawk where you can. Oh, actually that's right. There, there's just so much you can see, and you can be out in the National Seashore area, and it's wild and beautiful. And then just a few miles away, you're in this very developed area with so many attractions, aquariums, and all sorts of things. You want to just want to go see everything. Mm-hmm. And it's the large—I mean, the tallest lighthouse that we have, and lighthouses. Uh, I mean, the world's light, tallest lighthouse, not just America's, the world. Wow. Yes. So- there's a mystique wow. about lighthouses, and they've always, always got ghosts. I did not bother to find out about a ghost one on this one because there was so much else going on. But I probably that means you have, have to go back. You have to go back. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to. Oh, yes. Did they have pirate history? I just have to ask that because, well, you know. We did get into the pirate history, but, well, in the very earliest parts of it, they did. With um, That was one of the things, the first colony, which is right by there, too, uh, they are not sure if the colonists left there because no one knows what happened to them because wow. of pirates coming in. And, of course, pirate was a very loose term. If you were English, you called the, the Spanish privateers pirates, and if you were Spanish, you called the English privateers pirates. But if you were that nationality, then they were patriotic citizens doing the job for their country. So it kind of was all in your viewpoint. Oh wow! Because I, I just, you know, I know you're from New Orleans. We just learned about the Battle of New Orleans, which never gets spoken about. An amazing book by Sue Ingalls uh, Finan talks about it, and she went into this whole thing about it. I'm not a pirate. I'm a privateer. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that was a very important distinction. I mean, it meant the difference between being hanged and being honored by your country. Yeah. Of course, if the other side caught you, you still got hanged. I think a privateer kind of paid taxes but not so many. Taxes <laughs> is dollars, and pri- pirates didn't pay they taxes. They shared what they stole. The privateers shared what they stole with their king or queen. That's exactly. The so they were kind of like the good so. pirates, like Robin Hood, and then the other ones were not that Robin Hood was a pirate, but I'm saying it's the same <laughs> thing, rob from the rich, give to the poor kind of deal. Robin Hood. Yeah, and then pirates... That pirates were completely the bad dudes. Privateers were. I'm an entrepreneur that has pirate tendencies. <laughs> okay. Well, we All have right. a pirate museum in St. Augustine. Getting off track here. Mm. Yeah, that's true. St. Augustine. That's the pirate, isn't that? Well, that's the oldest city in America, right? Or the oldest town? And yeah, it's the nation's first city. Is St. Augustine, Florida? It's the nation's first city. Right. That is. is- the oldest city, right, because mm-hmm. it kind of gets neglected because they always bring in that English settlement, but the Spanish were here first. See? And, <laughs> and now we have really good food. <laughs> so I'm just right. going to say. So, okay, so I want to move us from Cape Hatteras because, you know, this is this is such a cool list. Cape Hatteras, uh, North Carolina, Nancy and I, we're going to definitely be doing, we're going to be definitely doing every single park on this list, which is exciting. So thank you for giving us some inspiration. Um, Norris Dam State Park in Tennessee. So where is this on the map when we look at the state of Tennessee? Because, you know, Anderson County, that is very near the uh, Oak Ridge of Secret City where the bomb was developed. So oh, that's wow. a lot more around there, too. And it was the first of the TVA campgrounds. And oh, the so first that's part TVA of the Manhattan, the Manhattan Project. The Manhattan Project is what was going on right to your just wow. 
about a half an hour drive away from that if you're camped at this park. And you will not tell anybody what you were doing. Right, and it, that is so cool, too. I mean, and, and it's not part of the park, but it's if you're at the park, you're going to go see it. The park, mm. it was they. That was part of when Franklin Roosevelt was working on the New Deal, trying to build the economy. Uh, he began building these TVA lakes, and Norris Dam was the first one. Ninety-two percent of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills too. Nah, eh, all treadmills are the same. Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically, so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with the 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. And he built was in midst of depression. And it has about 800 miles of shoreline. So it's, it's a lot of water there. And there's uh, actually there's 75 sites total at the campground, and 19 of these date back to the 1930s were built by the CCC, and they're listed on the National Register of Historic Places. As you said, history and everything overlap. Yeah, they do. And what's interesting when you talk about all these, everybody really wanted these dams, from what I looked at, and when 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 you think about that, and you look at what's happened here in, in the Southwest in regards to the damming of the Colorado River, we've realized that was one of the biggest mistakes that we made to the Colorado River. Did that happen in Tennessee, or is it different in regards to rivers? Because there's so much water in Tennessee, it's not looked on that way in in Tennessee. Uh, Oh, wow. Time eventually will tell whether the dams were a mistake, but at the time they were helping the economy. Now, the people who lived there were not happy about it because they were – evacuated and had to leave. They even had to move a graveyard. Uh, and there's a museum on site there, the Lenore Museum Cultural Complex, and it has a lot of the history. It was pretty much begun by one man, Mr. Lenore, and he donated all of these artifacts, which kind of tell what Appalachian life was like before the dam and the people that lived under what the lake is now. Mm. That's amazing. And then there's a couple of remnants, Appalachian actually buildings. One of them, there's an old grist mill, rice grist mill, dating back to 1798. And uh, there's a threshing barn. And there, nearby, there's the Museum of Appalachia, which is, I believe, 35 buildings. I mean, it's huge. Again, wow. began with one man's collection. His wife began, finally said, you know, this is too much putting caverns in our backyard. So, but it is, and his grandson is involved working with it now. And it's it's great big. I believe it's Smithsonian affiliated. I'm not positive of that, but it's it's a fantastic museum. So, yeah, this is incredible. Park, so much you can spread out and see. But the park itself, there's kayaking, of course, and Ooh. of course fishing, and and a lot of wildlife out there. That's. Cool. I love that when. When you can get the history and the nature connected, because the people and the land, it shows the stories of coexistence. Sometimes it shows the stories of non-coexistence. Right. But it, it explains things so we can learn for the future. And I, I was just, you sent us a photo of, the, you know, the inside the museum there, and I thought that was so cool, you know. And you think about people 
you know, getting out there in, you know, floating around in, in the waterways, you know, that to me is always interesting about how people started to live in the land that you're walking on, you know, and, and right. as you're walking through there. And you remember like, this one, people lived under that lake at one time. I mean, they were, I don't remember now how many families had to be moved and a graveyard had to be taken away from there and relocated. Yeah, that's wild. That's, 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 that's wild. Now, okay, but then you go to Louisiana and you got to watch your your oh, graveyard because they could float. Wild. You know, when that's you go a, to Louisiana, it's about as wild as you can get. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, grew I, up with that, and I mean, to me, snakes and alligators just normal things. They, I have no fear of them. I'll take a snake or an alligator over, over a roach any day. You've got a lot of those. Oh, really? Okay, really, <laughs> really. Okay, so. Okay, well then That's I'm moving to Louisiana funny. now. We're gonna we're well, gonna do a circle. I like that because there is something about cockroaches that are Florida very, had them as I recall. Those well, big ones. Those, the, they well, get me the first, the palmetto. Like, do you have the palmetto bugs? The like, great big that fly. Y- y- yeah, dude. <laughs> They're not my favorite. Wildlife. I'll take the alligator any day, especially. I oh, see I'm now most down. people are are gonna listening to this, going, "Man, <laughs> you know, she goes." The palmetto bugs. It's like they're like these. They're like drones. I know. I know. They are. They are. And I remember them. Like you know, they go for water. I remember getting an apartment mm-hmm. the first if time it we rains, landed. They will cut me in. It has nothing to do with keeping your house clean or anything. It's if they can find any time, and you wouldn't believe the little openings they can fit in. Oh, I oh, know, I, mean, I, I know. Because when we first got here, I was like, we didn't leave we Africa. We're still so. here. <laughs> we had lots we didn't of leave them. Africa. They're here, you know. <laughs> but but we, yeah, Louisiana we, though, Louisiana is special, and I know that we've we it, actually yeah. talked to um, Captain uh, Friedman uh, Tucker. I, I just call him Captain Tucker. Um, He's a fan. Fantastic man. He is the only person I have ever seen. You, you saw that picture where he's shaking hands or paws or whatever you want to call it with the alligator. Mm-hmm. I about fell out of the boat when he was doing that, trying to get well, that picture. Well, that's a good time to do it because he's holding one of the paws. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, they have um, I, this is, I wanted to tell everyone this is about the Atchafalaya National Historic Area. It's a heritage area, but it's also uh, home to the largest wetland and swamp in the United States, and it's connected to Lafayette. But every, every island in that... It really does stretch out. It almost like connects Lafayette oh, going huge. towards New Orleans, right? You drive over the bridge. I mean, it's like yeah. it's going forever. And, yeah. um, and you're looking down, and it's so mysterious. The cypress mm-hmm. trees, of course, are growing right out there. And Captain Tucker was telling us about the cypress trees, like so much of our ecology and so much of our resources uh when they saw, I mean, cypress is very good to build with because bugs don't like it, termites and things. Mm. So they, they came in and they harvested these huge cypress trees. And, of course, now what's left is second growth mostly. But you can just imagine, even looking at the few great big ones, how these trees must have been before the white man got out there and started chopping them down. They're mm-hmm. beautiful trees. But yeah, they, they are. are amazing. They, they're just so huge. But, of course, so much of them were, were chopped and halves mm-hmm. almost to extinction. Yeah, that's a shame. I like them because my knees look like cypress knees. <laughs> oh, stop it. They do not. They do not. They do not. You know, but, but I think what's, there is a, there's a mystical thing, and I know we've talked about that on the show with you before, too. You know, there's something about the South and getting out in the water 
And it's it's the gators, it's the birds, the you know, oh. to me it's all the rookeries that are out there where right. you see all the, the babies, you know, the rosiest they, spoonbills. Oh, yeah. They're existing right there with those alligators. Yeah. And, of course, yeah, exactly. we we'll get to that when we get down. Big cypress. <laughs> but uh, the, the the basin is, is some a place I had wanted to go for quite a long time, and I finally recently just got into that. I, I mean, I've driven over it many, many times, and always been having to get somewhere else so I didn't have time to get down in there and look at it close but seeing it with Captain Tucker was fantastic he he was so knowledgeable he would actually he called the alligator to him almost he he was kind of crooning in French and tapping mm-hmm. the water the alligator knew it was him and came over to him when I worked for Joy Adamson in Africa she called crocodiles through her nose she made this kind of mm-hmm. oh, sound and they would come up, and I'm like, what are you doing? We don't want them to come that close. But it was interesting. They're, they're a bit more aggressive than the alligators. Yeah, I did well, see one. You, it depends on how you treat them. Um, yeah. We didn't, like, try to pet them for sure. But, no. But they they responded to her, and she could call them through yeah. her nose. And it was just, I tried it, and it didn't work so good. It, but, well, I'm uh, sure it wouldn't have worked for me, but this alligator knew him. I mean, he knew he was mm. going to feed me. How he had oh, come he about feeds him? That's he why. called Her- Hercules. He even had a name, and he said he had found him with a big hook. They use huge hooks oh. to catch alligators, and he said he had removed the hook from the Hercules' oh. belly. And oh. obviously, like any animal, he understood that he was helping him. And uh, yeah, obviously, yeah. He has no urge to hurt the man or bite him. You know, they, they alligators and crocodiles have been on Earth for a lot longer than we have, so they're not dumb. Well, he, but I, we talked to him on the radio show, and he talked about that. You know, he really just checks on them to make sure things aren't happening to them. That they're, he's like, you know, like the citizen scientist of the yeah. of the swamp. You know, and I think that's something that's important. That you know, when when you know what you're doing that you start to monitor. They're such an integral part of the wildlife system. I mean. Absolutely. A lot of people don't like them, and they think they're ugly, but they're not. They have a very important place. I love them. I love. Okay, so when, they're not ugly. When the <laughs> when we lived in Florida, there were all these different springs and parks, and there's one, and I just don't know where it was. And I do know, but I I, I have to go back in the atlas and and figure it out. But it's in the crease of the cat panhandle. It's like when oh it's, it's, black water. It's it's got it's a state park, and it has a mansion on there basically, which is the visitor bureau and everything. It used to be like a hotel oh, kind of thing. Blackwater Bend. Oh, oh, yes. oh! I know what you mean. McCullough Springs. That's it. Yes, that's it. McCullough Springs. Oh my that's God! It. I've got mm-hmm. the most beautiful picture I've ever gotten of a, of an egret. Um, they are in mating plumage with a uh, Ooh, beautiful. Nice. Mm. Oh man! And when you go on the boat, like they have this area where it's all clear, 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 and you can swim in there. And it's kind of marked off because the rest of it, man, you know what's good, you know what's circling around. Yeah. And these, they, you <laughs> right. go on that boat, and I swear to God, mm. I have never seen so many snakes, turtles, gators. <laughs> I mean, and it was because they left this whole area like wild, and it was right. kind of like, okay, you humans, you hang out over here. We're over here, and you go on the boat, and I just, I was absolutely amazed, (laughs) and it made me feel so comfortable. I felt like I was back home in Africa. It was like, (laughs) this is, okay, I could live here. This is good, Mm -hmm. you know. 
Um, but that that place was. I just remember, and even the. I remember the bathrooms. I'm weird. I remember bathrooms when we travel memorable ones and I remember they were like <laughs> old school changing rooms like from when I was in boarding school like these old changing rooms in there I remember that going like that's interesting and it was part of you know what it used to be years ago but well a lot that, of these old talks were CCC built so that hmm. maybe I don't remember if that particular one was or not but they date back to the 30s Oh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. That's it. It was so beautiful. I, I, it was special. But, okay, so now we're going to go We're gonna go from Louisiana across those bridges, you know, in, into Baton Rouge. And, no, you, because <laughs> I remember those bridges. And, you know, you go through those bridges, and it, it really does kind of go from Baton Rouge, right? It, I'm, I just always remember being around Baton Rouge when these bridges it's are. It's not far from there, right? It just yeah, becomes such a huge area. Those bridges, and, and when that mist, you know, there's like this... Fu- 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. mist that comes in in the morning when you're driving and it's like, you know, there's so, it's just, it's eerie, but good, like a good... And if like, you're Cajun, you might think Loop Guru is out there, the werewolf, the Cajun werewolf, mm. it's hanging out there in that mist. Oh, yeah? I want to cool. know. Okay, wait. <laughs> you got it? Oh, come on. Tell us. Tell us. Tell us. There's a Cajun werewolf. It's just a Cajun werewolf story that he, he's, he's a werewolf and he hangs out in the in the swamps. And mm. it's used to scare kids. And if you don't go to bed and do what you're told, he's going to get you. That's right. <laughs> don't look at me, Nancy. <laughs> I'm like in my forties now. You don't need to be doing that to me, but it'll work. It'll work. So okay. So from 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 one swamp to another, Big Cypress National Preserve. Nancy and I did not get there. We went to the Everglades, mm-hmm. but this is like on the on the what? It's on the west side, pretty much of the it Everglades. Wasn't, it wasn't bought at the same time because there was property problems. But it borders the Everglades, and it's it is totally wild. It is absolutely beautiful. It's probably the most wild place in the world. Well, at least in the United States, it was the first national preserve. It it and a Texas one were named at the same oh, time. Big in thicket. Big thicket. Mm. Big. I can't I'm wait to go to Big Thicket. Mm. It's up by and Beaumont, and it goes up. And uh, I can't wait to do that. Big Thicket has been on my radar I go forever. To the wildest place. I like I like swampy. We like that. Well, Big Cypress is where most of the remaining, the few Florida panthers, the debate now is saying probably about 200 exist in the oh, wild. Man. And about 35 of the panthers are out there in this Big Cypress Preserve. Oh, we're going. And yeah, well, yes. Yeah. Isn't it also 
a, a snorkeling, like an ocean place as well, like if you're into scuba diving, or am I got the wrong yes, park? Yes, but that is sort of through the swamp. You would probably have to go to either Everglades City or Thousand Islands to get out in there. But you're you're really you're on the water, but the swamp is between you and the water. One of the mm. best places that you can go when you're out there is a place called Loop Road. And Loop Road is just a very rough dirt road. Uh, and you can drive around, and there's all kind of wildlife. There's otters, there's um, wood stalks, there's um, mm. everything. And, of course, alligators. And what's so interesting about in Big Cypress, when you're there, especially like along Highway 41, you'll see the just lined up. I mean, you couldn't even count them. Hundreds of gators just lying the banks of the whatever little pieces of waterway you see. And right next to them, sometimes almost landing on top of them, you'll see beautiful stalks and egrets mm. and every kind of wading bird, uh, mm. spoonbills, just beautiful. I love the color of the spoonbills, that pink. Mm. Oh, they're awesome. Like Loop Road is a 24-mile road, and it borders the Masoki Indian Reservation. Oh, and yeah. it also swings back where there is nothing other than these few homes of these people and if a couple of camps and things but if you were to go there at night you stop your car and you turn your lights off it's pitch black get out with a flashlight and flash it across the water and all of these gators that you see lying there dead still in the daytime they're in that water and you see these red eyes just moving really cool. fast cool. you don't want to step in the water but it it's really makes you understand and the thing about the gators there if there's a really bad dry spell and all of the water in there dries up, what the gators can do, they'll get out there, find a patch that they think they can clear out for whatever reason, and use their tails to sort of dig out a little pond, yeah. which provides yeah. water for these wading birds who, in turn, provide dinner for the alligators. But without See, the alligators, the wading birds would become extinct because during the dry spells, they would not have any water. See, iguanas have that same thing. Of course, crocodiles do, and that's why they got those big, swishy tails. There's there's muscles in there. Like Man. snakes have something like, I think, 48,000 muscles in a snake to be mm-hmm. able to, to like, swish around like they do. Especially and so when you look at it, 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 there's muscles in those tails. Well, when we were kids, my brother had a pet king snake. We called a baby. He would mm-hmm. wrap her around his neck. I wasn't that brave because king snakes are constrictors. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not as bad as a boa constrictor, but I put it around my wrist, and you could feel it moving. Mm-hmm. But it didn't. People think snakes are slimy and things like that. And they're, they're not, not slimy. They, they're a nice, neat feeling. It's just very, you they're know, they're waxy. Not, yeah. They're not slimy. No, they're waxy, but and they're, they're, they're waxy and shiny. But, but I wanted to go back to this thing at night. I think you brought up something so important because we always think about parks in the daylight, and I know mm-hmm. the National Park Service um, has really, you know, pushed the fact that parks are part of night the night experience. Mm-hmm. Whether you're camping and you look at the stars or you go mm-hmm. to a sky-watching program where you can, you know, have an astronomer teach you about what you're seeing up in the sky at night. But there's all kinds of ranger-led walks through nature at mm-hmm. night. And what you're talking about, like I'm going first instinct is like, dude, I ain't walking with alligators at night. No, <laughs> but of course I will. It's the first thing I'm going to do. That is the mm-hmm. coolest thing ever. Yeah, and I love the fact that you're talking about them burrowing like that because 
I, mm-hmm. I learned about that from um, the Hinga Trail um, on, in the Everglades. That trail, I yeah. couldn't believe it. We almost missed it. And it was, we were in winter. It was this time of year, actually to the date, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, in in uh, 2012, we were there. And because the water recedes, you were able to see more gators, more birds, the gallinules, my mm. favorites. Mm. Oh, I love oh, the gallinules. Oh, I love those. I've managed mm. to Don't get you? a beautiful picture. It's that coloring, that purple, beautiful oh, color. Amazing. They are amazing. Oh. And everybody, it, it is weird because the birds will go right up to a gator and they just, like, don't care. And you, but you, see, yeah. you talk about that, 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 you know, creating it's, those things for them, it's, those it's, burrows or, it's you know. camouflage. I mean, in, in Africa, I saw, um, like, what, what I would say a bobcat here, but a, a genic cat over there, walks right onto a crocodile's nose. And I was like, oh, my God, look at that. And then the crocodile just flipped his head, snapped at him, bye-bye kitten. You know, it was <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. And it was like. You live here, you know that's a crocodile, but that's really not how it works. There's the, the camouflage and being in the mud it dampens the smell, so the cat just thought it was a log. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. You know, so it's not and like it, the cat stooped something it. eaten, but that's nature's way. And I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, and I mean they they all have to eat. So yeah, <laughs> wow. But that was like I was like. You know, the crocodile's asleep and the cat's standing on his nose and nothing's going to happen, but this is weird, and boom. Uh, I, wow. I gotta, that I gotta move awfully fast. I yep. do want to give a plug to the National Parks Conservation Association. If you go to npca.org, um, please check out what's happening in Big Cypress because we're talking about all this amazing wildlife encounters and mm. everything that happens there, but it is under threat for gas and all the exploration right now. Um, So there's a lot of issues facing the Florida panther is one of the most important things. Uh, The storks, um, you know, the birds, the ibis, the the roseate spoonbills, um, but also the storks are actually, we're in trouble with those birds. They're they're close on, either on the endangered list or close to it. Um, We've done a lot of shows about it. Our political system, our governors have not been too concerned about the environment. Uh, So that's sort of suffered lately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just, yeah, if you go to npca.org, just check it out. You know, if that's something that interests you. I'm not not getting into all that today, but I just wanted to. It's such a magical place. Um, You know, when you look at everything that is there, these, like the Florida Mm -hmm. Panther, I mean, it's like us getting a jaguar that crosses over here. You know, you're like, wow. You know, so you, you want to protect and those corridors. So you know, I they know. need to be protected. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Now, one of the animals that is just such a cool thing about Florida is the manatee. And mm. I know that they've had a rough time. You know, there's been all kinds oh, of yeah. weird things going the on with the water. Are, every one but, of them I've seen practically has had scars on their backs from motors mm. being careless and going too fast. Oh, really? Yeah. That's oh, wow. why we have the no wake zones. Mm. And that's one of the things that you can see in Merritt Island if we move on to Merritt Island at this that's, point. Yeah, Merritt that's where we're talking. Those, those, those right. beautiful uh, big there's, even, there's a viewing place where you can stand there and the time I was there last it was mating season Ooh. and they were you could see them milling around under the water doing their I guess mating dances and stuff and, and then cool. of course they've got a surface and that's the time to get the picture when they just break that water and come up but mm. it, it's kind of hard to get 
But Merritt mm-hmm. Island National Wildlife, again, you're talking about this mix of, of you know, present day, mm-hmm. not only history, I guess, future. Because there's a place in Merritt Island, if you're going, right after you go in, or you go in through Titusville. And um, mm-hmm. as you're going in, you look off to your right, and you can see right down there to a launch pad. So it's it's I mean it's like the most natural wild place in the area, right next to the most highly technological place. Wow, wow. that's wild. I know mm. you've got NASA there. I lived in Melbourne, and I remember you know the space thingies going up, and everybody yeah, pulling over. Yeah, and, I lived in the Central. I, I had no idea what was going on. I just you know arrived and started you know living and working there, and, and people are pulled over, and I'm like, we're gonna beam up. And they're like, yeah, you know, people are pulled over the side of the road looking up to the sky. Do you know how eerie that is when you don't know what's going on? I really thought, like, Armageddon is coming. That's it. We're over. I'm like, where's my wine? I don't have any. What what is going on? But um, I learned about it. And living in Melbourne, um, there, Merritt Island was, I would just go off on a drive just to, you know, de-stress and found out this area. And it was just this magical I can't. I mean, it's just magical. I just remember driving it all is. over and because it's walking so wild, around. beautiful, and and untouched. Did yeah. you see any scrub jays when you were there? Oh my gosh, I I remember a lot of scrub jays in Florida, and I that was that's where the one bird. landed on you was there. Right. The the neat thing about them, the only place in the whole world that they're found is right there in Central Florida. There's a western scrub jay, but it's a different species. But they come say, out, and yeah. you know the really cute thing about them, we got pictures of both the adult and the younger one. And there's one, I don't know if I sent you that one, of the little bird where he's standing there in a tree looking like he thinks he's an eagle. And oh, wow. the way they work, the mother and father lay, well, she lays the eggs, and they jointly raise them, hatch mm-hmm. the baby. And then after that one becomes a juvenile, and they're on the second, mom and daddy are on the second litter. I guess litter's not the right word for birds, but the second batch of eggs. Clutch, any clutch? Clutch, right. Okay. The Mm. clutch, right. The Mm. juvenile, the first one, the young juvenile, will sort of play guard for him and watch that nobody disturbs the eggs. He just hangs around until his younger brothers and sisters grow up. And if you go out in there and you're walking down, Scrub Jay Trail is the best place to see them. And just stand mm. there. They'll come land on your hand. I've got them on the end of my hat. They land on your hand. And you want to, you don't want to grab them because they're little tiny birds. You don't want to hurt them. But if you just stand very still, they will land on you. That's it's sort cool. of like being in a butterfly enclosure oh. yeah. where the butterflies will come land on you. But, wow, that's amazing. And they're, they're, the okay. bobcat. Out there too, which I've never seen the bobcats, but I know they're there. Oh, hmm. and it's the two main. There's Black Point Road and BioLab Road, both of which are kind of rough. Black Point's, uh, if you don't want to really take a rough road, Black Point is a little bit better. But both of them are great for sighting just about every kind of wading bird you can imagine. And there's Ooh. other awesome if you're lucky too. I can't wait to get back out there. I mean, to me, like it's so cool. There is, I mean, the, I mean, America is such an amazing, diverse, and beautiful, beautiful country. When you think about, like, here we are mm-hmm. in the desert, and we get wading birds and everything mm-hmm. here, and it's like in this desert landscape. And then 
just, you know, I say a few hours drive and a few days drive. I could be over in your neck of the swamp <laughs> going like right. this and, and there's so manatees, mm-hmm. you know. Even it's sunsets, one of the most beautiful sunsets I've ever seen has been over there near Tucson. Oh. Um, yes. With the, the, the cactus and the sun going yes. down, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we, we have good sunrises here. and sunsets here, you know, and that's the thing. I'm glad our, our home base is we go on our Love Your Parks tour. Again, traveling full time and um, Yuma, Arizona, uh, the historic Carnado Mud Hotel. Got to give them a shout out because they're so cool. They're uh, our hotel headquarters, so we get to you know because you know what happens is we, as travel writers, we need to get to a point where we can do it, you know, <laughs> and and write it. <laughs> Even as much as you do it on the road, you still need to land, and so there are so landing spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you got to regroup your brain. Yeah, you got to, but um, you know, and it's it's great because there's sunrises and sunsets like Tucson. Uh, oh. They have it over the Lower Colorado River, and you can walk along the oh, waterfront. That's amazing. And you see beaver because they've restored the water, mm-hmm. and so you see beaver, and you see herons and egrets and ibis, and it's like, it's so cool because you kind you don't think you're in Arizona, you know, and mm-hmm. that's the the neat thing about mm-hmm. you know these places, America, and going to these parks. And you understand more about how our land was developed and how things how actually changed. work. Yeah. So when we look at things now, how did that change happen? How did we get a mail system? Well, it started with the Pony Express and the Butterfield Overland Stage mm-hmm. Route and the Wells Fargo Company and all these things. And now all we do is text message. So it's kind of <laughs> interesting how we've, we've changed. Come along the Pony Express, which is another thing you've got out there in Arizona so much. I was, right. I don't remember exactly where it was, but we visited a, a old former ranger station, stop-off station for the Pony Express. Wow, it's going to be you up know, north. That's they, going to be up north. Yeah, it's going to be. That's, it, it only lasted like 18 months, but you see all the old Western movies, you think it went on for, forever. Yeah, I know. Isn't it amazing? I just want to gallop on a horse into town and throw the mail bag down and have some dude throw the new mail bag and take off. And don't forget, you've got to run and, and jump on the horse right, and jump right absolutely. off. And take time for a cool one, and then you go. <laughs> Giddy up, boys. Giddy up, boys. Well, well, Katie, when we get to Florida, we're calling you. We're going to go kayaking. We'll do a radio yes. interview from the kayak, kayak out kayak in the water. Oh, that'd be so much fun. Yes. We will do that. We will and do we'll, an interview. We can photograph it. And Nancy can be time. David Attenborough, so she can go. <laughs> and the alligators. I can be done yeah. with the alligators. Yeah, she can do the alligator like report. Them. She likes that. Well, I know. Uh, yeah, so I'm I can... from St. Augustine out there. Uh, Barbara mm. Holland, she paddle boards now. I, I sit down in my kayak, but she stands There's up. There's no standing up, up with I'm me. No, because <laughs> I drink way too much wine for that. No. That's it. That's not happening. <laughs> I have a lot of after effects that will happen from the night before. I'll be well, the like water's kind of shallow if you go out there in the, along the, the uh Yeah, I'm, I, I don't air, matter if it's I shallow or deep, out. I'm going in. Yeah, I, I know. Say, I've actually been bitten by an alligator. And no, this can't. is what, no, but it was a baby, like a real oh. baby. My brother oh, had one, which I am not saying you should have a baby alligator, no. please, people. That, that was but he, terrible when they sold he, them in. The yeah, worst. it's horrible. My and he put it in. I was supposed to do the dishes, and he put it in the water, and I mm. didn't know it was there, so I put my hand in the water, and it bit me. I mean, the alligator <laughs> was maybe nine, ten inches long, and but and it just hooked on my finger. I was like, "Hey, baby, what are you doing?" I'm like, you, "You're really hurting me right now." Ah. And and then I thought, you know, this is not 
what's supposed to happen. Yeah. No, I, it, it kills me when I when they now they don't so much sell the alligators, but they Thank still God. sell turtles, and yeah. I hate that. Oh um, no, because they last forever. You know that's the thing, and no. people die, yeah. and then they leave their turtles, you know, mm-hmm. in a box somewhere. But you know, Katie. It has been such a pleasure having you back on the show. And as we travel, I know, um, you know, we're, we work a lot with the International Food Wine Travel Writers Association and, and, you know, part of why you're here and, and all the good de- adventures you have to share with us. We really appreciate it. So I think we need to have, we call it International Food Wine Travel Writers Association, IFTWA. I think we're going to have to have IFTWA parties across the country as we go. Well, that'd be that fun. would we'll be do great. That. Wouldn't that be fun? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I'll party. when you guys get anywhere around, you'd better call me and we'll get together and do some kayaking. That cool. no, I'm I'm I'm. As we used to say in South Africa, dinkum, like it's real for for dinkum. real. <laughs> it's dinkum. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't wanted know if to say that. Say that here. I'm not I don't sure know, but what that, that dinkum, might mean. Dinkum for dinkum. <laughs> Dutch, whatever, but yes, for sure. Now, listen, we've got a special song for you. Um, it's Bottom of the Bayou. We had to play it, you know, because it's love from to New Orleans, it. and that's, that's that's your hometown. And it's from the album Second Shot from John Roniger and the Good for Nothing Band. And you can keep up with them at thegoodfornothingband.com. And if you get to New Orleans, look them up. They're playing all over the place all the time. They play in Florida. They go up to Nashville. They they. They do the South because they're good for nothing, and they'll go everywhere. Yeah, check them out. They're really good. And keep up with Kathleen. Go to her website, AmericanRoads.net. She's also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You want to give everybody a shout-out for your social media, or is it best for them to go to your website? They'll see more at the website, but I'm all over the place. Well, but there you go. In my website, <laughs> I, I kayak around the social media all the world. Time. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, but keep up with her. Yeah, because it's Katie Walls, K A T Y, Katie Walls on Instagram, right? And in Twitter that way. And uh, yeah, um, Katie R. Walls on one of them, and Katie Walls on Twitter, and I think Katie R. Walls on Instagram. Okay. I, when the name is used, you have to throw something else in there. And who dare <laughs> use your name? Like who? Yeah. How dare they? You yeah. make that. Somebody I know. My name is well, Lisa Smith. I know. <laughs> leave, leave me alone. That's, I didn't do that. I did not do that, but I'm happy because I'm here. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in a kayak. I have enjoyed it so much. I look forward to seeing you. Thank cool. you so much. You, you take, take care, care and safe travels. You too. Here it is, everyone. Bottom of the Bayou Bye-bye. from John Roniger oh, and the Good for Nothing Band.
Just a couple of clowns, some old hippies in a band. Oh, me, oh, my, oh, all at the bottom of the bio. We don't care who put it there, we're happy in denial. And oh, oh, me, oh, day, oh, get on your knees and pray. Oh, yeah, you don't wind up inside your truck in the mud at the bottom of the bio. When you're casting out your line for a fun bill day of fishing, don't be chagrin when you're feeling in that shit that you've been missing. you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in nursing into your busy day. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Balance online coursework and in-person, local clinical, practicum, or immersion hours as you work towards graduation while leaving room for what matters. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.